Hey everyone, this is a bonus Q&A episode. I try and uh, answer questions live every Thursday. Uh, You can sign up to come to my free live Q&A at schoolforthedogs.com slash Q and A and you will see the next one I'm doing. I then am trying to take recordings of those Q&As and post them here to the podcast feed. If you have a question, you can email me directly, Annie at School for the Dogs. You can also go to anchor.fm slash dogs and record your question there. Thanks for being here. Now on to some of these questions. I have four questions here. I'm going to try and answer. First question today comes from Luis, whose dog is named Luca. He is a uh, 47-pound, one-year-old American bulldog. They live in Phoenix. Uh, You can find them on Instagram at nomad.com. M. Poral. I don't know if I'm saying that right. N O M A D A T E M P O R A L. Louis says, I just welcomed a beautiful dog into my life after we met at the shelter, and I started listening to your podcast to get ready and train her. I think we are making progress, and your tips have been super helpful. I'm having a hard time because my tendency is to get angry. For example, I don't have a ton of money and I got a set of couches as a gift from my family. So I'm trying to keep her off the couches. But when she gets on them, I respond in a way that is not helpful to training. I usually say no, point to the ground, and sometimes she listens. Other times I have to physically take her down. Also, Spanish is my first language. So it's been hard to give her commands in English when my instinct is to say the first thing and it's usually in Spanish. I know commands can be whatever, but people around are English speakers or bilingual, so I feel like training twice as much to teach her two commands for each. I love her, she's an American bulldog, and we are learning to love each other. No, we are learning from each other. Uh, Thank you for such a beautiful show, and I hope I can support your work. That's very nice. Um, All right, so a few things here. First of all, I really wouldn't worry about what language that um, you're speaking to Luca. Uh, You know, it's funny with this, because I really really think that, um, you know, most of the things we say to dogs, uh, they interpret like, you remember like the parents in Charlie Brown? Like, wah, 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 wah. Um, Sure, I think they understand tone to some extent, but I wouldn't get too caught up in, in worrying about which language you're using because you know you can use um you can use gestures you can teach using uh visual cues for example and when you do start to teach her specific behaviors then you can start to think about being specific about what cues you use and you might choose a visual cue instead of a verbal cue um if you're worried about going back and forth from one language to another I find once a dog has a visual cue and often they pick up the visual cues 
much faster than they pick up verbal cues because they're so tuned into our um, our body language in general, uh, then you can add, you can start adding a verbal cue once they have the visual cue. So, or some other cue that's not a word. Like I really like teaching sit with a snap. Um, I think I have a podcast episode actually where I talk about how to do that, how to teach sit with a snap. I like teaching down with my hand up, uh, kind of like at my shoulder. I think that's a nice way um, to teach down. You can kind of uh, build a cue out of a lore. There's also a podcast episode on doing that. Um, but, you know, it's funny when the last couple of days with this puppy, I find um, I'm talking to her a whole lot, even though I know it's sort of pointless. Like it's just ingrained in us as human beings to talk. So like I'll bring her over to the potty pads and I'll be like, this is where you're supposed to do your pee pee poo poo. Can you make sure to go here? Do you understand me? I want you to go here. And I'm like, and then like I listen to myself and I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is pointless. I might as well, you know, be <laughs> saying total gobbledygook. Um, there's no point in me talking right now, but I'm not, you know, upset at myself about it. I, I just I think it's a natural thing that humans do. And I don't actually expect her to be understanding what I'm saying. I think must just somehow feel feel good to talk. So don't sweat the language thing. Also, you can teach dogs that they can learn, you know, dogs can learn um, cues in multiple cues for one behavior. Like I said, they can learn a visual cue, they can learn multiple verbal cues. Um, so do whatever's comfortable for now. Uh, but think, think about the specific cues you want when you're teaching her specific behaviors and the words you're using the rest of the time. Don't worry too much about it. Um, and, you know, something like teaching come, I like using a whistle, which uh, does not involve um, using any specific language at all. Um, how do you keep the dog off the couches? Well, um, two things. And by the way, I, I commend Luis here for noticing that he gets angry. I think, Luis, you probably have more control over your anger than you realize uh, if you're even noticing that that is your response um, when you're noticing you're getting angry, you know, like, like, as always, when you're noticing you're getting angry, try and pause, take a breath. Um, but understandable that you don't want Luca on your couches. Um, I would uh, take two steps to make sure she's not getting on your couches. First, make sure there is a really super comfy bed for Luca near your couch. Something that is so cozy, comfy, that Luca's gonna be like, uh, Luis must be sad that he can't hang out on this bed because it's mine. <laughs> you, wanna, you wanna have like a, a competing couch for her that is her couch. And certainly, you know, there's any number of dog beds that you could find out there. Um, you know, for a big dog, you might, you know, might just be getting like a comforter and folding it and uh, letting her lie on that. It doesn't have to be a specific dog bed, but find something that's allowable for her. Put treats on it, put chew things, things for her to chew on it. Make that like her very special spot. Um, and I think that that is going to, and spend time with her also while she's on it. And I think that is going to most likely decrease her interest in your sofas. Um, but also, you know, you can 
just in this period while you're trying to teach her where you want her to hang out, and where you don't want her to hang out, um, you can put things on the sofa to keep her from getting on the sofa. Um, I think I've talked about uh, on the app I've talked about, I mean, on the podcast I've before I've talked about uh, my dad's method of keeping his cat uh, or his cat and his dogs, I guess, also off the bed, which was to put mouse traps uh, on the bed. I don't suggest putting mouse traps on your um, sofa, although I, I'm sure there are people that do that. But, you know, you could put other things on your sofa that are just going to make it less interesting for her to want to cozy up on them. Um, you could get, off the top of my head, I'm just thinking like screens, like the kinds of like screens that you put in, um, like, what are they called? Like fly, fly screens? I don't know. Like the screens you put in a window, um, you could put those up, uh, just sort of put those down on, on the sofas, um, which are going to make, it's going to make the sofas a lot less comfortable and those are not expensive to buy or even just find stuff that you have in your apartment, pots and pans, uh, cookie sheets. Um, what else? Uh, you can, um, cover those things, cover the, cover it all with a blanket, um, or you can just leave it out. Um, but do what you can to make the sofa, uh, less of, uh, of an easy option. I think if you combine that with giving her a really nice spot where she can hang out near the sofa, you're gonna, um, have a lot of success and, uh, yeah, just make sure, um, lots of good stuff is happening when she's on that appropriate, that appropriate bed. Okay. Our next question comes from Chrislyn, uh, whose dog is a border collie named Allie. They are in Surprise, Arizona. Chrislyn writes, apologies uh, for long, uh, long question, maybe too many details that are unneeded, but we recently had to take our older fur baby, Aubrey, 14 years old, in for her final sleep on December 18th. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know my other younger one, Allie, is missing her, and we've tried to keep her routine as normal as possible, but walks and car rides she has nothing to do with. She goes just a few feet outside the door and then goes back to the door and sits till we go back in. She was always anxious about them before, and she would only go if she knew Aubrey was going. Allie has never really been by herself, as was Aubrey. We got Allie and her sister, Little Bear, as companions for Aubrey uh, in October 2018, after we lost Aubrey's sister, Angel, in June 2018. That way, we would still have a pair to have each other after Aubrey passed. But uh, in May 2019, we lost Little Bear to Parvo, uh, so it has just been Allie and Aubrey till a couple of weeks ago. So I guess I'm asking, after all that, what, if anything, can I do to help her be able to go for car rides, walks to get her exercise, and even not be totally nervous around other dogs when we do get her out and about again? Thank you for any help. Okay. Um, you know, when, when I answer questions in this way, it's like, uh, th these are not fully, um, they're not, you know, full answers to these problems because I'm only going by the infor information that you're giving me. Um, so I'm just, I'm just 
uh, couching my answer in that. But, you know, my my first thought is maybe you should get another dog uh, for Allie. It sounds like um, she was quite bonded to your other dog and you had another dog too before that. Dogs are pack animals. She might just feel more comfortable with another dog. But also, you know, she's a border collie. Border collies are super smart, super active. Uh, looks like she's a young dog, only, what, two, three years old. So if you haven't already done some really good training with her, um, I would really start to focus on on that, you know, um, what kind of uh, what kind of classes can you do with her? What kind of just fun stuff can you do with her? You know, especially like right now, there's so many virtual options. Do make sure you check out our virtual options. If you go to schoolforthedogs.com slash services, um, we have basic classes. We have like tricks classes. We have a class called Barcour. That's like all sort of things that you like ability things that you can do in your own home um, with things that you have at home, um, all with the goal of just like keeping your dog's uh, brain engaged and active and keeping them, um, you know, just helping, helping them be enriched, helping them problem solve. And I think when you start doing that kind of training with a dog, um, you know, anything that kind of falls under the the umbrella of like clicker training, uh, tr training that's really letting the dog make choices, letting the dog um, problem solve, giving the dog, um, you know, the ability to control uh, her environment, uh, you tend to find dogs become just a lot more confident and happy, happy in their own skin and um, happier in the world around them. Um, so that would be my suggestion, you know, make a game out of uh, make a training game out of all things having to do with the car. Um, teach her to go touch the car door with her nose and <laughs> come back to you. Uh, teach her to, I don't know, run around the car when it's parked. Um, teach her to jump in the car seat and jump out again. Teach her to do things with the car that don't involve the car moving or even going anywhere. Um, just make it kind of like a fun obstacle for her to interact with. Um, yeah, I mean, Border Collies, God, it's like Border Collies are are pretty highly trainable. I, I mean, I don't tend to make a whole lot of generalizations about breeds, but I can say that every Border Collie I've ever known um, is uh, psyched, psyched to train. And uh, it's really fun to to watch them learn, watch them pick up new things. Um, uh, I've, I've done um, some live sessions with uh, my friend Meredith and her Border Collie Roma. We've taught Roma to count. We've taught Roma to use an iPad. We've taught Roma to do some reading. I mean, you know, my feeling so much of the time is it really doesn't matter what you're teaching a dog. It's just about um, getting that their brain working uh, in that kind of way. Um, I think it's going to just overall make her a uh, happier dog. So if you do need some suggestions of like online classes you can take or other resources, um, do feel free to reach out to me directly, Chrislyn. Um, my email is annie at schoolforthedogs.com. Um, and also, you know, we have a core behaviors course. Uh, if you go to schoolforthedogs.com slash courses where we have our online um, our online courses, um, that is a course that walks through 
like 10 basic behaviors that so that's kind of like a an outline of stuff that you could uh, could do with her um, my only other thought is if if being outside at all is difficult for her you know try starting to give her her meals outside on walks or even in the car you know think about where you're feeding her and um, if you're not going to get another dog at least try and see if you can set up some play dates with her uh, with other dogs um, sounds like she is a social animal and she's you know maybe a little bit in uh, in mourning which is understandable okay two more questions here Joan uh, has a dog named Maggie who's a golden retriever uh, Joan is writing from Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. She writes, uh, my dog likes to watch television. <laughs> she will uh, stare at a blank screen all day long. When the TV is on, she stands in front and she watches it. She will watch anything. She gets excited seeing animals. She loves cartoons and will whine when watching them. My question is, is this good for her? <laughs> she is regularly exercised. She eats well. She enjoys company as long as there are no other dogs around. She is aggressive towards dogs. Could I use this to recondition her aggression? She is a rescue. She uh, was a breeding dog from a puppy mill. Very interesting question. Um, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with a dog who <laughs> likes to watch TV. You know, it's interesting, actually. Um, I, I believe that... Uh, TVs now, like digital digital TV, is um, much easier for dogs to watch. That um, TV pre digital TV uh, had a refresh rate that made it very difficult um, for dogs to watch. Like the like their eyes and brain couldn't perceive TV the way ours could. So we're kind of living in a golden moment, I guess, of <laughs> dog dog television. Could you use the television to recondition her aggression? You know, uh, I, I don't see why you couldn't try it. I think that, um, you know, it can be very difficult to set up real life situations um, to do counter conditioning with dogs who are aggressive. Um, if you can work on doing it with the TV, I think you should go ahead and try it. You know, one thing might be to start with uh, start with puppies on the screen. Um, you know, I used to I used to work on the TV show Too Cute Puppies and Kittens on Animal Planet. That's one that you could find all puppies all the time on that show. An hour an hour of puppies, uh, and um, see how she reacts, and then. Uh, figure out what distance she can be at and seem okay. Um, so obviously this is going to involve, uh, you know, you might have to move around the dog or move around the TV, but you know, is she feel, does she seem like she's calm at 20 feet from the puppies on the TV? Does she seem like she can handle being at 10 feet away? Uh, find that happy spot and work with her, uh, at that distance um, to the point where uh, she seems okay about seeing those dogs on the screen. And then at that point, you know, you could either choose to find maybe uh, dogs that she might be more reactive to. I said puppies because I don't know, I'm guessing that puppies on the screen might be um, less stressful for her, especially if she was a breeding dog. 
than other kinds of dogs. Um, but, you know, experiment. You could try different other kinds of dogs on the TV or you could try getting closer. And of course, counter conditioning is the process of creating a new association with whatever it is um, she has bad feelings about. So it could be just giving her giving her a treat every time she looks at the screen, but you want her looking at the screen when she's not when she's not stressed out. If she's stressed out and barking or, you know, th showing you stress signals and you're trying to shove food in her face, that is um, not how good counter conditioning looks. So that's why it's important to kind of find the happy distance that she can deal with. Um, again, you know, this is a, this is a, a, uh, a good moment to take virtual classes. Um, I'm not pushing necessarily our offerings, although we do have virtual classes. Um, you know, any any kind of virtual class that you can take right now would be really great because, you know, that can be a way for you to work on this stuff, literally using the thing that she likes, which is looking at a screen. Um, so you can be in a classroom with other people and their dogs. That classroom could be on the screen. Um, you know, we found that the, some of the virtual stuff we're doing actually opens up uh, classes to dogs who would not be able to be in an actual classroom with other dogs, um, but they're able to be in a virtual classroom with other dogs. And um, it's it's actually this sort of, you know, this f funny um, bonus <laughs> of uh, so many things moving online um, during the pandemic is that um, in some cases, it's actually, I think, more conducive to dog learning. We do have a class called Sidewalk Psychos, which is specifically for um, dogs who uh, are stressed around other dogs. You know, for us, because we're in New York City, it's usually dogs on the street. Um, I'm not sure if we're offering that virtually right now. Again, if you want to get in touch with me, I can let you know. And you can go to schoolforthedogs.com services uh, and see the virtual classes that we do have. But, you know, any class, like I said, any class might be um, a good option just because it's a chance to work with a trainer um, in real time while seeing other dogs um, on the screen. Also, if you did a private session, even um, a trainer could arrange to have their dog on the screen. So that could also be an option for you. But the short answer is, um, I think it's fine if your dog watches TV. <laughs> All right. Last question comes from Mackenzie, uh, who has a um, 145 pound Great Dane. Uh, Mackenzie is in Missouri, Aldrich, Missouri. Uh, she is on uh, Instagram at um, Maggie underscore E54. She says, I have a Great Dane who attacks the door when he hears a knock or sees someone through the glass door. It's starting to cause problems with scaring people to the point that they don't want to come over. And he is tearing my doors as well. Help. All right. And this dog, he was born in August 2018. So that makes him what, like two, two and a half years old. Um, gosh, you know, this, this is a training, training problem with, um, 
where the answer really is figuring out how to manage the environment, I would say, to make sure that we're not getting this behavior um, uh, before we focus on changing the dog's behavior, I think we should focus on changing the environment. So uh, seeing someone through the glass door, well, um, I would suggest putting some wax paper up on the glass door, contact paper, put something up um, that goes as high as your dog can see to uh, literally block his ability uh, to be able to see out the door. And then as far as um, hearing knocks on the door, um, you know, I would suggest that you um, work on doing some crate training uh, in another part of your home, work on keeping your dog in another part of the home. You know, a lot of problems actually can be solved by keeping dogs from having a lot of access to the front door. Um, I think doors in general, front doors in particular, can be stressful to dogs. They don't know what's on the other side of the door, whether well, sounds there that they they can't necessarily identify uh, their shadows that sometimes they can see under the door. Um, just a lot of unpredictability. And when dogs are stressed out, just like when humans are stressed out, it's useful to have um, as much predictability as possible. Um, so yeah, I would work on keeping your dog <laughs> away from the front door and um, reduce the chance that someone's gonna knock on the front door by, um, I don't know, putting a note on your door that says someone should text you instead of knocking when they come. Um, beyond that, you can start working on creating an association uh, with your dog. You know, every time someone comes to the door, you get really good things in your crate in the other room. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of the treat and train, the remote controlled training device. You can sit a treat and train on top of a dog's crate. You can load it up with treats. You can even use just like kibble in a treat and train, but I would probably for this situation use something better than that. Like even, I don't know, bacon chips or something. Anything dry uh, and pretty small will work pretty well in uh in a treat and train. Um, and uh, you can trigger that when someone is at the front door. Um, you can pretend someone is uh, at the front door um, by knocking and then triggering the treat and train and doing that over and over and over in order to forge the association, knocking at the front door means good stuff comes out of um, the treat and train. Um, now your dog has already built up the behavior of, you know, I hear someone at the front door uh, and I run to the front door and bark. So it's not necessarily gonna be a quick fix, but I think if uh, you practice a few times a day and you make sure that during this period, no one is knocking at the front door unless you are absolutely prepared to go put stuff, good stuff in the crate with a treat and train or not. I mean, you could also just go over and throw good stuff in the crate that will also work. Um, uh, I think that you will have success here. Um, we've even had some clients who, when they have a treat and train, will like 
stick up with Velcro, like stick it up at their front door uh, with a note that says like, press this button when you are going to enter so that no one is ever entering the house. So that nobody is ever, sorry, my phone rang. Nobody's ever entering the house without, uh, without um, phone. I should have turned this off. Without, um, no one is ever entering the house without the, uh, the treats coming down fast and uh, deliciously into the crate. Okay, I gotta get off because someone's trying to call me desperately here. Hope I was able to answer some questions for you all uh, and I will see you next week.